Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Let's make this older, dumpier, right? and whiter. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. OTA. He's Matthew Collar. He likes football. football. And, and he tells people how much he loves football on 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast and Saturday Morning Sports Talk. So we've, uh, we've been doing for three hours, we've been sort of reminiscing about nostalgically about autographs that we sought when we were kids, and there's that Twitter thing going around where you name your favorite athlete in each sport. Yeah. And so we did that on the air. Now, do you mind if we take one call here and then Go talk ahead, football yeah. things? Okay, Joseph's been on hold. What's up, Joseph? Uh, two good uh, autographs, uh, seeking uh, one good, one bad. First one, uh, senior year of high school, we... Uh, Skipped out of school, called in sick, uh, go to the Twins opener, uh, getting autographs, and my friend decides to engage Jose Morales, and he starts talking and talking. Um, that's over next day here, uh, sights and sounds of the uh, Twins opener showing pictures on the front page of the Pioneer Press. Uh, here we are front and center. Wow. Wow, did, so you, get, did you get in trouble? Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Uh, we got called into the principal's office and asked, well, how come we weren't sick? Because baseball is awesome. Had to come just before we were about to ready to graduate. Oh. See, so you know what, though? Good. You had baseball fever, my friend. Yeah, exactly. You were sick. <laughs> Second one, uh, I think it was, I've got to know the date, I think it was 1984. Cleveland Indians are in to play the Twins. Len Barker is starting his first game after he pitched his perfect game. At the Metronome, so it's the Indians. You're only going to have about 2,000 people in the stands, and we're down sitting at the bullpen, nobody else but uh, watching him warm up. And we, he looked over at us. We asked if we could have his autograph. He said, come talk to me later. So we followed through, go to the back door. He says, can you follow the bus back to the hotel? And then we said, okay, we're you know, 21, 22 at this point. And we go, and he hops, he sees us, he waves to somebody on the team, hops in our car and says, where do you want to go to eat? Oh, really? Yeah, it was cool. Well, that's awesome. That's a great story. That one was a good one, yeah. yeah. We didn't cool. get in trouble for that by any means. He may have, but we didn't. What yeah. a thrill that would be. Joseph, that's great stuff. Thanks. Thanks for calling in. Uh, did you chase autographs? No, I was never really that person. I mean, I went to Buffalo Bills training camp once and got a helmet signed still somewhere in my parents' house. Uh, Justin Morneau autographed my ticket once as a Rochester Red Wing. 
Okay. And I think Jesse Crane also wow. autographed it, <laughs> thus ruining any value. Thanks, Jesse Crane. Yep. Jesse Crane, who randomly, as a reliever, uh, stumbled into 12 wins one season uh-huh. in like 2004. The concept of going up to another human being and asking for them to take a writing utensil and scribble on something of yours is just, if you th- if you think about it that way, it's just it, it's a little bit odd. It's always taken someone else for me to end up with autographs, like where it was my buddy at the Red Wings game had to be like, oh, there's Justin Mortal, let's go get his autograph. I'm like, okay, I'm also standing here, so here's my ticket as well, yeah. if you could. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's never really been a thing that I wanted to do much. There was one time Jim Kelly was at a mall, and we went and stood in line, and Jim Kelly signed something, it's like... That'd be cool okay. as a kid, though. Yeah, no, it was. It was. As, as a kid, when you get to a certain age, you got to be like... Well, yeah, you cut it. You know. Yeah, just I think you're done. If, if I'm ranking, yes. you know, if I'm ranking, get them to put a pen on a card or a ball of some kind, and uh, and then the other two options would be get a picture with someone or just have a really fun two-minute interaction that you can remember in your mind. I would rank that number one always because, mm-hmm. you know, like... You get a photo with someone, okay? Like they didn't really want to be a part of that photo. You just sort of corralled them into being in the photo. It doesn't <laughs> right. mean that you're friends, right? It just means that oh, you were in the same area at the same moment in time as this famous person. Yeah, every once in a while, from just interviewing people or whatever, you end up in a picture that's kind of cool. Like there's a picture of me somewhere uh, sitting interviewing Tim Raines. It was kind of cool because he was working as a roving instructor instructor for the Toronto Blue Jays organization. And so he was working with the Buffalo Bisons. I went to interview him. One of their PR guys took a picture of it. And it's like, oh, this guy's. I mean, that's Rock Reigns. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's one of the best of all time. So it's cool to have that. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, just doing what we do, maybe you felt this way after you spent so much time around the Twins, but it's kind of like I like how much people – love meeting these guys and like how much excitement they get out of it for me it's kind of like yeah yeah i like how much kids do yeah it, at training camp it always struck me as really weird where where you you'd have all those kids against the fence you know uh, dante dante come over and, and it'd be cool he would and then you'd see like three adults there trying to m- muscle the kids out it's like what are you doing yeah. Why are you trying to muscle these kids out for you know either to get them to sign it to sell it or something that's the one thing. That's the one thing I legitimately don't get. I don't get adults that are trying to get signatures and have to fight with kids for it. It's like let the kids do it. Well, if you're doing it for for your kid, okay. Well, no, if, if it's for if your it's kid, it's going to go on eBay. But or if something. they're just standing there by themselves and yeah. they're like, "Hey, kid, get out of my way," that's the one thing I don't understand. Sports definitely does some weird things to people. I mean, even the guy who like needs to catch the shirt that's coming into the audience because who wants a free T-shirt or, or or even like foul balls. I mean, I, if you catch a foul ball that's like a line drive or something, and you're like, "Yeah." I got it. Like, good for you. I mean, you can keep that. That's fine. But, like, if you're fighting someone for a foul ball, I mean, for me, everyone that I've ever caught, and when you go to a lot of minor league baseball so you've, games. You've caught so more. You've, okay, because, oh, okay, minor league games, there's fewer oh, people. Oh, yeah, there's lots of opportunities. I've to never caught balls. a foul ball in and my life going to baseball games. really hard at big league games, yeah. but, I mean, there's been a half a dozen times or more that one has bounced over to me in some way or another at a minor league game. But... I always just give them away to the nearest kid. Like, sure. you are going to get way more out of this than me. And I would probably do the same thing if it was a Twins game. It would be the same thing. Just like, all right, you know, I don't need this. Get that um, standing ovation from but, the people around you. But that, you know, goes, to a kid. that goes back to potential free stuff. Potential free stuff makes makes human beings do really weird things. <laughs> 
the adult who, who will have a foul ball hit like three rows in front of them and hustle for it and go flying because they trip. I've always been fascinated by that person. It's like, was that, that's a free baseball. Was that I, I really know, though, worth your front teeth? There is an exception here. If it's, if it's the, the ballpark in Arlington and you jump the fence and catch a home run on the fly in the, okay, in the, yeah. in the green batter's eye area, that's awesome. Like if you could, if you jump into the batter's eye at any stadium that has the the vegetation and you make a diving catch, four hundred fifteen feet away from home plate, I'm in on that. I mean, all these things have their sort of like if you do it and still maintain your dignity, you're fine. Correct. But if you're talking about bowling people over, you know, like uh, kids. George Costanza in the fire, where you're just shoving old women out of the way or whatever, it's just like. Okay, that's not something you need to do. But autographs have just never really been a huge thing for me. Um, you know, I, and once I started getting to like do this, if that was ever going to even be there as an interest, it kind of went away yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, that's fair. Because I'm that's, dead inside, no, that's, basically, no, that's, that's and fair. just that's focus fair. on football technique. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking of football technique, uh, CBSSports.com has has a has a breakdown. Teddy Bridgewater getting glowing reports from Jets OTAs. Here's a couple just little snapshots from different publications from the Daily News. Bridgewater was the best quarterback on the field the first day of Jets OTAs, a promising sign for a guy who uh, had a solid start to his career before a mishap in practice. ESPN, it's still early, very early, but one player in particular has generated a legitimate buzz at one Jets drive, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting. It is, uh, and where this is going to go will be something I think Vikings fans will keep an eye on for two reasons. One, because Teddy Bridgewater he didn't play the last two years other than a few snaps against Cincinnati and was still the most popular player on the team. I, I mean, there might be more Teddy Bridgewater jerseys in this state still than anybody else for the Minnesota Vikings now that Adrian Peterson's been gone a few years. And I think for that reason alone, that people want to see him succeed and overcome what he went through. The other thing is just if he is able to overcome this and become a starting quarterback and beat out Josh McCown, who was decent for them last year, and their top draft pick, it will make you wonder, so did what did the Vikings see with his knee that made them think it wasn't going to work that ended up working when he went to New York. Now, that's this is OTAs, so we are way ahead of ourselves here. But that will be the question of, well, if he becomes a good starting quarterback for the New York Jets, and then who knows what after that happens with Sam Darnold, but if Bridgewater becomes that quarterback again, then the Vikings moving on from him, I think, will be worth asking, why did you have to do that if he was able to become a starting quarterback for someone else? And Zimmer basically did say at the end there that that came from the doctors, correct? Yes. He said that the doctors had, I liked what I saw or something like that, but... He, I think, made it clear that they came to him and said, we can't do this because it's too risky. And I could totally see that. I mean, that was his comments at the Combine, and then I believe it was the owners' meetings, too. And I walked away with that situation and probably wrote about it, too, of just feeling like we may never see Bridgewater step on a field again because Zimmer is talking this way. And that if he could have been the starting quarterback again, that Zimmer would have wanted him. And and Zimmer has made that very clear the whole time, that he didn't want anybody else other than Bridgewater. It's just that this injury got in the way. So will this last into training camp? Will he win the job? 
I mean, he certainly could. I don't think that they planned on Sam Darnold starting right away anyway. He was the youngest quarterback out of any of them that were drafted in the first round. I think they wanted to follow that Patrick Mahomes model and brought in McCown just in case, but he could certainly beat them out, and then it will be worth watching to see where that goes, including yeah. a game against the Vikings. If the money were equal, like if the, and, and the Bridgewater's not guaranteed very much money, but I think he wanted a shot to start, and obviously the Vikings decided we're going to take the sure thing and we're going to overpay for it. If they had then gone back and said, but, but Teddy, we'd love you to come back and be a backup quarterback, I think he still would have gone elsewhere. I think they would have had to guarantee him a shot to start. It was either Bridgewater in a competition or Kirk Cousins and say goodbye to Teddy Bridgewater. That's that's my best guess. And what's really makes you wonder too is some of these other teams that don't have good quarterbacks, why didn't they bring in Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, why wouldn't the Jacksonville Jaguars bring in example. Teddy Bridgewater? Blake Bortles had a little run there where he was halfway decent, but for the most part in his career has been a bad lower tier quarterback. And they beat the Patriots if they've got somebody else there, a competent quarterback, and they go to the Super Bowl because their team is mega stacked. Why wouldn't you have him come in? And if he beats out Bortles, then that's great for you. And if he doesn't, he's the backup. Because teams are nuts. Teams are just, when, when it comes to that spot especially, teams, I just don't get it. I don't. For, for a position at which you should be trying to accumulate the best players you possibly can because you, you never know who's going to develop exactly, the amount of teams that are afraid to do that always amazes me. Yeah, me too. And even some teams that have young quarterbacks that aren't proven, uh, the Chiefs, uh, I mean, Mahomes, I love his potential, but he's played one game and then they moved on from Alex Smith. So why wouldn't you have him there too? I mean, New York makes some sense because it's a low risk proposition for them or almost no risk of a million dollars is all he's guaranteed to get. It's just that, they're not really going to be a super competitive team. If you are a competitive team, especially like the Chiefs or the Jaguars, I don't see why you wouldn't bring him in. But now we might see him get traded. They might decide, look, we weren't really planning on winning this year. We right. just wanted to get our top pick quarterback mm-hmm. and then see what we could build. So they may decide, let's get all of this out there. Let's have as much of him throwing in OTAs in camp as possible and then see if he gets straight. Maybe some slow motion highlight videos mysteriously like the Vikings put out <laughs> a year ago. Collar's hanging out with us. We're going to come back, talk insurance policies and one of Matthew Collar's favorite pastimes. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, this is bad. <laughs> This is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. Come on! Football! Football. You guys ever taken an insurance policy out on yourselves like Anthony Barr did? Which is, which is common for athletes, by the way. When I bought a house last summer, the insurance stuff was like insane. Because you meet with the insurance agent, and then he's like, okay, so imagine that uh, your garage gets hit by a tornado. Imagine it, a UFO lands right. on your roof. Yeah, and it throws boards through all of your windows. Well, we've got that covered. Yeah. They're like, I mean, this guy was great. Like, He was going through all these crazy scenarios. Imagine, imagine, a, imagine a group of bed bugs, or would it be would it be a cavalcade of bed bugs? Cavalcade. Eats off one of your limbs. I don't. We've I, got that covered, too. It's in our umbrella policy. I don't even have to make them up. He was saying, like, yeah, so imagine someone comes over and they slip on ice and they break their neck and then they're in the ambulance with their calling their lawyer or whatever. I'm like, 
What? We don't even have a lot of people over. <laughs> I, I, mean, say, I have no friends. What are you saying? Man, and Judd would never sue me my, for that. What are you talking my about? My dog going to sue me? I yeah. mean, if my dog slips and falls? Oh, there was definitely that. Like, we have a, the least aggressive dog ever. And it's like, well, what if your dog bites somebody and then they die? And it's like, well, that's probably not going <laughs> to happen. And it bit a really bad just, person and now they're dead. And we, like, dialed it way back from where he initially put it. And it was still like... We have so much coverage we don't even know what to do with here. So for Anthony Barr, it's that he hasn't signed a contract yet, and, and so he's taking out an insurance policy, thinking, well, if I you know tear my ACL at one of these so organized team activities. So a comes down from space, and it lands near you and blows off your leg, then you will have a contract still. And Aaron Rodgers uh, is driving the meteor, actually. Very, get revenge um, on you. Very common for athletes to do this. When you know they're going to go to OTAs, and they don't have their deal, that they're going to take out some sort of policy, especially if you were one of the guys on the field that watched Bridgewater's career. I mean, imagine with Teddy Bridgewater, what kind of money he would have made from the Minnesota Vikings. It's probably somewhere in the range of Kirk Cousins' money. Yep. If he had taken them to a 13-3 and season and he was their franchise quarterback at this point, he would have been making $25 million yeah. a year. And instead, he has $1 million guaranteed because his knee fell apart at random in a practice. So if you were bar and you saw that, I mean, you're definitely getting an insurance policy before you step on the field again. And now we wait to see what happens. The interesting comment from Barr really wasn't about the insurance policy. It was him saying we had hoped to get a deal done before OTAs and that didn't happen. So now we sit here going, all right, where do we stand? Right. Does that mean does that mean that they are very close and remain close or it broke down? Yeah, that's what we don't know because Anthony didn't have a whole lot to say with uh, follow-up questions. But you know, shocking on I, that one. The two sides of this, I, I think that the Vikings really want him, and I think he clearly wants the big contract extension, and knows that this is his probably his best opportunity to get that money. Sure. is right here on the open market. I don't think he gets as much as the Vikings would be willing to pay for him. That's that's rarely the case, but I think the perception of him as a player here is higher than it is outside of here. My guess is it's just about done, probably. The, the Vikings don't have a history of, of going to, to their young players in an attempt to retain them on second contracts and then not signing them. Yeah, that's true. So my my guess is he thought it might be done. It didn't get done. He took out the policy, which is obviously very smart. But I bet you with the Vikings, this gets done before or right during the start of training camp. I agree. It's just what is that gap, though, between what he wants and what they're willing to give? And where I come back to is the positional value. And uh, Michael Kendricks being on the free agent market made me think of this and visiting the Vikings this week. If you were just to have Michael Kendricks play that position instead of Anthony Barr and you had and you signed into four years, 20 million or something like that for Michael Kendricks. I mean, what's the real difference in wins? What's the real difference in de- in defense? Anthony Barr played very poorly, probably through injury in 2016, and they were the number five defense in the NFL. Like, okay, well, then he played better last year, but not quite as good as he did in 2015, and they're the number one defense in the NFL. Like, who's really driving the success of a number one defense I don't think that he's really in that conversation. I think even Eric Hendricks probably more because he covers running backs and tight ends better. Reckless speculation. Yes, the brand that that. never dies. Yeah. I love that. I I agree with you on this and that you should, you have to think about the, uh, the salary cap, the other contracts that are coming up, and they do. The Vikings actually think about that 
more and or more effectively than almost any front office in the NFL, I would argue. It's not that they can't get it done and sign the other players too. It's who else could you invest in? It's what other types of free agents. I think more good free agent players are hitting the market than ever before. A lot of guys are betting on themselves. And who would you be able to land instead on the offensive side? You know, an offensive lineman in the future or what? whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Cousins, that's what it was always about. It was never about, well, can they really fit in Barr and Diggs? Hunter, I think, is going to be tough. But, you know, can they? Yeah, they can. They can figure out ways around it. If you look at Kendrick's cap hits for the first few years, you're like, okay, so that's not really bad at all, even though it's $10 million average annual value. That's not the, what the cap hits are. So they can fit that. It's, could you spend $12 million a year somewhere else? Yes. And the answer is probably yeah. yes. I know you have to go in like 90 seconds to give a radio interview, but before you go, I want to mock, mock. I want to we know how much you love mocking. Man, do I love mocking. And Dave Harrigan has done it again. I don't know if this site's been around for a long time. Draft. Dave, Dave are you creating sites to mock? This is a real mock? Burner mock sites? Burner mock sites. No, well, I can't comply. Can't, this I can't feels like uh, the equivalent of a Twitter egg avatar. It's draftsite.com. <laughs> the original full-round oh. mock draft site. <laughs> It's a two-round mock for 2019, and these are real players. These are real players. DraftSite.com. The original full-round mock draft site. (laughs) Has the Cleveland Browns taking defensive, in fact, three defensive tackles off the board in the first three picks, two of them from the same school. I already disagree. I don't think the Browns are going to be the worst team in the league this year. Well, Ed Oliver will be uh, their first overall pick if they are, according to DraftSite.com. The original full-round mock <laughs> draft site. Uh, let's get to the fun stuff here. Uh, A.J. Brown, receiver from Mississippi, going to the Cardinals at 6. That is fun. Uh, Wisconsin offensive lineman Bo Benchall going to the Packers we're, at 14. We're sure these are real? I looked up one of the quarterbacks. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. And I know Shea Patterson is an actual quarterback okay. in Michigan. He's going 16 to the... Baltimore Ravens, uh, Clayton Thorson, 24 to Carolina. Don't forget 23, Shaquille Quarterman. Shaquille Quarterman, inside linebacker from Miami to the Rams. They've got the Vikings drafting 30th. Oh, nice season. Taking from the University of Miami, wide receiver Amon Richards. But that's not all. The Vikings also pick in the second round with the 62nd overall pick. Defensive tackle from the Ohio State University, Draymond Jones. I want to mock, mock. I want to mock, mock. Three technique or nose? I got to know. Yeah, got to know. I guess we'll uh, have I got, to wait the, to find so out. So the wide receiver is replacing Diggs, who left in free agency then? Could be. Mm. I love the mock. DraftSite.com would never lie. <laughs> That's because you love football. I do. Uh, you, you're Matthew dis- football. You're dismissed. My, you have radio interviews. My, my next piece, by the way, in the Kirk Cousins series is going through, that's uh, coming out next Monday, All what John Filippo will call in a big situation for Kirk Cousins. So I look through all sorts of different this is amazing. stuff, film, tape, all these things. Yeah, yes. I, bu- I, even, me I literally, some of that. I change your last name to football. Would I literally you? bought a book. Just get it done with for this article alone, dude. This is Matthew yeah. Football. I want to hug you right now, Matt football. football. Did you see? There's a baseball player named Johnny Field. That's yes, fantastic. that's fantastic. Yeah. 
That's better than Johnny Football because it's his real name. Yeah, Johnny Field. Johnny Field, <laughs> and he like hits home runs. Yeah, it's bombs is what he hits. Uh, you can find Matthew on fifteen Harry okay, Like he said, we're going to take a call here to Chappie wants an autograph strip. A collar can go. Um, and Purple Podcast Saturday morning sports talk. Chappie, you got an autograph story? Uh oh. The '87 World Series. Uh, after we partied downtown, we went to the court bar. And Paul Molitor was bartending there till three in the morning. <laughs> and the reason he was bartending there was because his first wife, Linda, was a waitress there. And I think really? that's where he met her. Okay. And we had a nice conversation. I teased him about fantasy baseball and told him that if he ever played a full season, he'd be the MVP. Because I don't know if you remember, but he was hurt every year. Yes. And my second story, and I'm a little older than you guys, you missed the greatest wrestler Back when uh, wrestling was territorial and Vern Gagne oh, yeah. ran the upper Midwest, his foil, the crusher from Wisconsin, yeah. was the most popular villain ever. All he talked about was drinking beer with the Dollies in downtown St. Paul. And the highlight of the show was when he took a bottle of Jerospeed and hit Vern Gagne over the head with it, knocked him out cold and looked at the camera and said, this is what... Jerry Speed can do for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, the endorsement. Pat, thank you. That's a great call from Chappie. Uh, Pat talks about the Crusher a lot. The Crusher was oh, Crusher was the great. Crusher started kind of gaining steam maybe in the fifties, mm-hmm. but then had a pretty the, the Crusher it was a, a long, long career. Time. Yeah, Court Bar now Dan Kelly's if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so the Court Bar was right in the middle. That that's great though. Yeah, I'm so. I'm guessing the night that they won the World Series, Game 7 in 87, uh, we didn't close her up at 1, 2, 3, or 4. Well, he said 3. 3, he yeah. Said so three. I'm, I'm guessing that we uh, kept her open all night back then, despite the 1 a.m. bar time. I don't think they extended it, so they probably just stayed open. Yeah, it might have just been. Look the other well, way. We won a World Series at that yep. point. Who cares? Uh, what does Questions have in store next, Dave? Questions wants to dive into the habits of stupid people. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And you know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he doesn't take it seriously. Judd Zolgad. Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded about sports. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant Questions. Let's do this. Uh, no, first, you guys go ahead. You and Max. We heard it during the break. Celebrate Tiger Woods. Finishes at even par through 18. Tiger Woods got everyone right where we want him. Max, let's go to the... In fact, let's make this official. We'll go to the Tiger Woods Memorial Tournament Update Desk with Intern Max. At one point, Max, Max. Oh, we gotta be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Easy, easy. Augusta. We're not at Augusta. Yeah, it's It's not near Augusta. It's not near Augusta. It's it's the memorial, but it's the Augusta music next to a babbling brook. Babbling brook. Trickling. Okay, go ahead, Max. Well, we're actually at Mirfield Village, but uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods comes out of here. Three over uh, through his first two par fives. Battles back and ends up even par yes. for the day. Battles so really, back. So really, he's he's really like four under par. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He started he, off four, under, yeah. four over, and then he ended... Yeah, yeah, if you, if you so don't wonder. count what happened nice work, from, Harry. like, if you start counting it from 10 o'clock a.m. Central, he's, 
He's pretty much four. He's like so. He's like three off the lead then, basically. Yeah, and, I mean, and one yeah. he had a terrible bogey on hole five where he. Oh, we don't count that. Yeah. Clearly, we're not counting that. So technically, he could yeah. be like one, two under. He left some shots out there on the front nine, which but he, he was, didn't even take a mulligan. He so. put one in someone's backyard. Left one, left some we, shots. Well, out you ever lucky not to yeah. talk yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah and I yeah. suck. Okay, yeah. Fairways we'll, are we'll tight. All right, yeah. you caused this day. Well, He's still the, coming back. You asked for the update. You know, the least that guy could do is mow his lawn. So Tiger has a shot. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. What if Tiger Woods just meanders back to the back? Hey, no trespassing. Get out. That ball's mine. I mean, we've all trickled in a backyard every once in a while Absolutely. when we're playing golf. You know? yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Judd's trickled in the I've backyard. I've trickled in a lot of backyards. He doesn't golf. But. After too many beers. Yeah. <laughs> and I got no clubs when it happens. All right, questions. I have a two-part question regarding the Stanley Cup final. Now, even at a game apiece, heading towards game three Saturday night back in D.C. Part A, what have you learned through the first two games that perhaps you did not expect? And part B, Braden Holtby's amazing save last night. What's more true? That was an amazing save or that was a bad shot? Oh, can I just get out of your way here first sure, and ahead. say that it was more of a bad shot than an amazing save and Holtby admitted after the game. It was a great save, too, but Holpe, no, I'm, I'm just re- reiterating what Holpe no, said, I which is, I just, I just moved, deeply. I just moved to my right, and he and he shot it into my stick. Threw the stick out, got lucky. Correct. Well, I mean, somewhat lucky. It's skillful to move that quickly in that direction. Um, and <laughs> exactly. I would say what I have learned about the series is we are now three games away from what could be either one of these teams winning a Stanley Cup, but Vegas in particular, and nobody... Nobody outside of, wow, they're pretty fast and have chemistry. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody can explain it. It's it's fun to watch, but there's still, there's no universal explanation. Doesn't need to be explained. Or agreed upon explanation for why this team is about to go from non-existent yeah. to champion. So it makes sports sports sometime. Um, it makes hockey hockey. Uh, number one, I think the thing that we have learned, and, and if you're a Wild fan, this is troubling. The speed of these two teams is off the charts. And supposedly, they're playing on terrible ice, right? All, all we hear about is it's 90 degrees in Vegas. The ice is slushy. The ice is slow. Watch the speed of these two teams. So I knew they were fast. Vegas, I saw both their games against the Wild, which the Wild won, or three games, two or three times they played. And I saw those games, and I was not overly impressed. thought they were decent. But when you watch these teams play now consistently, and if they are truly playing on bad ice, the speed at which they operate is phenomenal. So that would be the first answer. And then the second is, that's a great save. That's not luck. It's not luck at all. To make that... You disagree disagree with the goalie himself. Yes, to react that quickly and make that save... To move to your right when the action's going to the right is just... So instinctual. No, it came across. No, the the action was to his left, and the and puck, then it moved to and the, the right. puck came across, and he got himself over and he made an over. unbelievable save. That is, I have an appreciation for that save that perhaps Holtby doesn't have. That is a phenomenal save, and the skill and reaction and reflex to make that save is incredibly impressive. What if the puck had been shot three inches higher, though? Then it would have gone in. Yeah. But he still got over and made a great save. But what's your but what's your point? My point is it's it's, a, it's a wonderful Rockets, thing to see. What if the Rockets hadn't missed twenty seven consecutive threes and made them? Then they would have beat the Warriors. 
Yes, that's probably true. So what you're saying is, what if there's? That's what. No, I'm that's saying it's, it was a wonderful thing to see. It's yeah. a wonderful coincidence that had that happened to be where he dove and threw the stick. Yeah. That then Alex Tuck shot it right into. And if the Rockets had made 27 consecutive threes, they blow out the Warriors in Game Seven, are and that are in the like, finals tonight. That seems like a false equivalent. I, it does, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out your argument. Like I'm wrong or what? My argument is the there's a. A what if for everything? Well, no. Here's the thing. This, there's a middle ground here. It was an incredible act for a goalie yeah. to pull off what he pulled off. Yeah. It's also true what Holpe himself said, which is, "Hey, I was just kind of lunging to the right, but it's still great." And and if and if former Wild guy who Alex Tuck, I know, I know his yes. name is Alex. I'm saying former Wild guy, mm-hmm. much like all of the other Wild players who can't, but he put a puck in the okay. net from point blank range. Yeah, he was covering eight percent of the net probably. And <laughs> but the exact equivalent is, cool. is if James Harden makes all his threes against the Warriors, then they go to the finals. No, he just, no, no, no. He, the, the argument here is what Tuck percentage? Missed, of, no, what? No, yes, the, Judd. What? <laughs> Tuck missed, pardon missed. They both missed. <laughs> Judd's getting mad. No, I just, no, no, no. The argument. It's argu- a ridiculous. The, the, your game is stupid, Phil. It's a no. It's not. No, no, no. My thing is, I'm I'm pro NBA. I'm just saying the arguments against. Hockey are often very hollow. I'm a, well, they're not. I'm a, I'm a mediator here because I don't disagree. I'm just like, I'm between okay. you guys. Okay. All right. But the core argument between you and Dave right now is what percentage of that save was luck? And the goalie himself says, listen, like a pretty high percentage for a number of reasons. It was awesome, but I dove and let's call it. Dave thinks it was ninety percent luck or mm-hmm. something, right? Is it what what percentage luck would you say it yeah, is? Yeah, so that's fine. Ninety percent. What the heck? And you're saying it's more like ninety percent skill. That he got and over that, there. That's where you guys yes. differ. I don't understand the basketball tie because in he's here. saying he's saying if Tuck had gotten the puck up, it goes in. If Harden had made his shots, they go in. It's the same exact thing. So forget. Why forget, am I struggling pull, to wrap my head around this? Forget because the it's goaltender. Apples and oranges. No, it's not. Forget the goaltender <laughs> for a second here. Alex Tuck failed to get the shot up. It failed to go in the net. James Harden failed to make his baskets on the threes. They failed to go in the basket. I think the equivalent. They both missed. I think the equivalent would be if, if, if the team, okay, if Vegas shot on the ice a far lower percentage in one game than they ordinarily would, much like Houston did in that game, that would be apples to apples. But but to compare over twenty seven to like a, a great save is is not the argument we're having. But here. if you compare them all individually, if you take the Harden shots and say let's say Harden makes two or three more, that alters that game. Correct. And he and he missed the basket. That's true. Tuck missed putting the puck. It, it's the same exact thing. But the it's, argu- it's a shot. No, but the argument is like how lucky was the save? That's the argument. Not right, right, right. No, but no, James no, no, Harden. no. But I'm going. How but, lo- but Dave extrapol. Dave took it down a different path. Then and now Paul's on hold. For God's sake, Dave took this it down is a different. Ridiculous. And right, Paul's screw gonna it. screw it. Okay, Paul. That's not why I'm calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have an autograph story. Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. oh, I, your, your timing I thought was impeccable, Paul. <laughs> we get ganged up again here. At least oh, Dave's. At least boy. Dave's in my corner this time. You want to put me on hold and go go to break, and I'll talk to you when you're done. Well, you yes, we'll, we'll put you on hold. <laughs> you produce the show. We talked to you, and we want to talk to you. I love Paul. I was sure he was calling in to debate this. He's got an autograph story. He just told us, I'll hold while you break. <laughs>
I love this show. What's question two? And the equivalency, Judd, is if there had been like a piece of thread over the basket that James Harden just kept hitting his ball off. That's the equivalency. (laughs) Not that he can't get the ball in the giant hoop. There's a little piece of thread that block that just bounced off it every single time. I'm not going to debate this, but they both missed what they were trying to do. Let's question you know, two. Let's break now. I need a. I need a moment. Okay. Yes, I got to him. <laughs> I knew I could. Stupidity is too much. After this brief timeout. Let's go. Come on, we're waiting. On 1500 ESPN. They. The Mackie and Judd show rolls on. Now it's your turn. This is 1500 ESPN. I did match reactions plus MLS news straight from the coach himself. This Tuesday, Adrian Heath and Jamie Watson will be at No Man World Pub in Minneapolis for a live Adrian Heath show broadcast from 6 to 7 p.m. It's presented by Heineken. Come watch the show, talk soccer with the guys, win prizes, and much more. Details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events. All right, question two. We all calm down now. And Paul... Paul, are we going to get to Paul here? We'll get to Paul. We'll do that. We'll get there. Uh, put yourselves in the uh, shoes of Derek Falvey, Thad Levine for a moment, if you would. Okay. As Brian Byron Buxton has now been sent to the DL. Uh, yeah. Should, be, uh, should the boys be looking to trade Mr. Buxton? Not right now. Should they be actively searching? No, Not, no, I no, think you can't. You can't. Yeah, I think it would. I think this would be the worst time to trade. I mean, I understand. I understand if your thought is, man, this just isn't working. But the thought I, is, there's still value there. There's obviously the defensive value, and you'd have to, I assume, find some team that says, yeah, we can fix the swing, I, and we get the defense. I would. I would love to fix and get Sano as hot as possible and deal him as quickly as I could. Buxton. I think you just stick with. I really do. I think with Buxton, Buxton wants to be good. He's he's working hard to get better. And the frightening truth is we don't know. But I would be, if if I had the option on those two, I would be doing my damnedest to get Sano in as good a shape as I possibly can, yeah. have him hit as many home runs, and take that to market ASAP. With Buxton, I think I ride this thing out with him and accept that he either does it and turns a corner and is really good for me, or he ends up my bust. I, I don't think I trade him. No, I wait this out. I, I I have a really hard time trading guys at their at their lowest value point. You know that's what they did with Delman Young. It's kind of what they did with Carlos Gomez. It's what they did with JJ Hardy. Like they got into this habit for a long time of just oh JJ Hardy had a bad year. Let's trade him for Jim Hoey, and then he hits thirty bombs for the Orioles the next year. And uh, and I just don't think the organization should make that same mistake. If there's not a whole lot of value there, uh, I don't know how it can't get much worse. He's the worst hitter in baseball right now, so I, I would ride it out. And if I was going to trade him, I would wait a year and just see if there if, if there was another peak moment for him uh, offensively. But I would I would ride it out as long as I could for another three years or so. In your social media use, are you or do you know people that like to post quotations often? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say several. Instagram is a big place for that. People love quotations on Instagram. Little quote quote graphics. In a study conducted by uh, researchers in Canada, nearly 300 participants were presented with various statements, including those of the BS variety, and asked to rate them by rating their profoundness on a scale of one to five, classifying quotes as either profound, 
BS or just kind of mundane. They were also given tests meant to measure their cognitive ability and personality. The researchers found out that those who found the BS quotes to be very profound were also probably just really stupid people and they couldn't (laughs) figure things out cognitively and they were probably (laughs) believing in paranormal and conspiratorial things. Basically, if you like a lot of quotes, you're probably a dumb person. Okay. So give me another example. What else in real life or social media to you when you meet someone for the first time or someone you've known for a while screams, Hey, I'm an idiot. I'm yeah. an idiot. I'm an idiot. So these are more, these aren't like dumb things that people do. These are signs that someone signs is an idiot, that right? The person you're interacting with okay. is probably a dummy. So I couldn't think of any direct face to face things, although there are, there's a lot of those too. Yeah, I'll invite Reavers and he'll give you a couple. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa. You're on a roll. <laughs> but there are two that came to mind that, one of them involves driving. I think driving, just observing people as they drive, that tells you a lot. And one of them is when people will will put their blinker on and slow down either to merge or will slow down like waiting for someone to let them into a lane as opposed to just finding the flow of traffic and zipper mate. So if you're the put the blinker on and ignore all traffic behind you and wait for someone to let you in, it tells me oh, you're not really thinking about the big picture and thinking ahead here and thinking about the other people around you. The other one though, and this is far and away the best indicator I can think of. If you use your Facebook account or any social media account, but this happens on Facebook all the time to publicly complain about petty things like, oh, I'm going to rant for 300 words on Facebook about how long I waited on hold on Comcast. Like <laughs> everyone waits on like. What are you looking to gain here? You're just using a platform to vent for no reason. So if you're constantly complaining about petty things on social media, looking for validation or whatever, I think that's a pretty good indicator. My top one is this, and this is who don't get hockey. This is a person. (laughs) Calm down. Calm down. This is a person to person because this is not true for everyone, but you know it when you see it. The dummy who's self-assured, the person who's, and and there are some people that are self-assured and they get it and and they're very smart, but you know, the people I'm talking about, right? When you meet someone and they're like, I have, I, yeah, I know that I got that. I got this. No problem at all. And then you're like, I don't know if you do or not. Misplaced confidence. You're saying. Yes. And then, and then, and then something starts to go slightly wrong. And they freak out. And then the next week, they do the same thing. <laughs> yes, misplaced. Con- but that self-assured of, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, hey, do you are, are you sure? And you know what? Not being sure is really fine. It's about, cool. About, it's cool not to be sure. Well, here, here's another one that, off of what you're saying. If, you, if you're teaching someone something and you lay out like 10 or 15 things, and they don't take notes. The no note taker. The no note taker is my favorite. Did you get those 20 steps? Oh, for sure. Yep, got, got, it, it, got, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. You're an idiot. So on if you Monday didn't take when you notes, come here, you're an idiot. so on Monday when you come in to do this job, you oh I got a no problem at all. Yep, I can't remember anything. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> yes, mis misplaced confidence. By trying guy. to show how smart you were, you actually revealed yourself well, to be a moron. And like, what person doesn't take notes? It's true. Can we? <laughs> I think you know what person. I, I think you know a few. Okay, now I think right. this is getting very personal. You've hit a nerve. All right, Paul. We got about two two and a half minutes for your autograph story. Go ahead. It's kind of like Judd working with people that think they know what they're talking about, about hockey. Oh, oh yes. Oh, there it is. My God. There it is. All right, go ahead, Paul. 
Okay, okay. Uh, I've got two stories that are connected, and it's the same guy, Kent Herbeck. He was my favorite player growing up. And uh, my cousin, my first cousin, was one of his best friends at Bloomington. I don't know if it was Jefferson or Kennedy, wherever Kennedy. he went. Kennedy. And uh, he told him about me. I was like 14, 12, whatever it was. And uh, Ken Herbeck took a dollar bill out of his wallet and signed it and gave it to my cousin and said, give this to him. I still have the dollar bill. Wow, that's cool. That's it, cool. That is kind of neat, isn't it? So then, uh, like, a year or two later, I'm at the Metrodome, and I'm not one to get go seeking autographs, but for some reason this night we decided we were going to stay after where the players walk out. And I had a baseball, and people like Mark Salas signed it and Dave Engel and a bunch of no-namers. And Herbeck walks out. And because that's what I was waiting for, and he had a bad game. He had struck out two or three times, hit into a double play, and, and he walks by all of us. Goes, not tonight, folks. Not tonight. Not tonight. And so I said, okay. So he walks by, and I yell out my cousin's name, and I said, hey, Mark, so and so says hi. Well, he stops in his tracks as he's walking to his car. He turns around, and goes, who said that? And I said, I did. He goes, how do you know Mark? And I told him, and all of a sudden now he's signing all these autographs. And uh, this one girl sitting, standing next to me looked at me and smiled and starts talking to me, and all because I knew Ken Herbeck. Isn't that oh, neat? Look at you. That's well, awesome. A, that's very good, Paul. <laughs> that's I'm right. proud of you. All there the you by, dating by, tactics by, with Paul. <laughs> by the way, Phil, do you think that accountant stops that puck last night? Maybe not that one, Paul. Maybe okay. not that one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> all right, see ya. Bye, Paul. <laughs> Although the accountant was pretty limber for the Blackhawks back in February. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that limber. Mm -hmm. Not that limber. I, I'm going to come up with a couple complete apples to oranges comparisons and drop them in on tomorrow's show just adamantly. Unexpected. I I'm wasn't gonna, unexpected. I'm, I'm going to counter something with like a total apples to oranges and I, catch you off guard tomorrow. I gave you two common sense things that make perfect no, sense. It's like when you go to the grocery store you didn't make and you look to throw a basket. You go to throw a watermelon in your cart and you missed. It's the same thing. I want the job revving up the crowd. For You know what? That's what I want. I'm going to tell the Wild right now. 2500 per game next season. I'll do it every game. Half the price. Come and give away <laughs> free t-shirts. Uh, write that down tomorrow and a game show Friday and also a scoop with Doogie. We'll see you guys tomorrow.